first, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Jody Cabasa, who is the director of the Virginia Film Festival, which is presented by the University of Virginia and its College and Graduate School of Arts and Sciences. This year, it will be celebrating 25 years, and the festival brings the best in national and international cinema to Central Virginia. Jody became the director in 2009, and since his arrival, the festival has achieved all-time record attendance, and he has been instrumental in expanding and growing the festival's outreach and educational programs. Jody is a Florida native and is a graduate from Rollins College, where he began his career as an actor. He also earned a BFA in theater and an MFA in acting from the Florida State University. Jody worked as a professional actor and had a brief stint uh, on a soap opera before founding the award-winning Tamarind Theater in Hollywood, where he produced more than 100 plays. In 2007, Jody produced a feature film called The Deal, starring William H. Macy, Meg Ryan, LL Cool J, and Elliot Gould, and this premiered at the Sundance Festival. Prior to joining the Virginia Film Festival, he spent 10 years leading the Sarasota Film Festival, where he transformed this event from a three-day mini-festival to a 10-day event. Our second speaker is Rita McClenney, who since 1991 has directed the efforts of the Virginia Film Office to recruit film and television production work to our state. And she is currently serving as the interim president and CEO for the Virginia Tourism Corporation. Rita considers recruiting Steven Spielberg's, Spielberg's Lincoln to Virginia as a project of her lifetime. A native Virginia, Rita attended Vassar College and received a degree in economics from Fisk University. Governor McConnell, McDonald appointed her to serve on the commission to honor the contributions of the women of Virginia. In 2010, she received the Teresa Pollock Award for her promotion of the arts in the area of film and was named to the Boomer Magazine's 2011 It List. Rita serves on the board of directors for the Virginia Film Festival and several other advisory boards in Virginia and Washington, D.C. Please joining us, join us in welcoming Jody and Rita to More Than the Score. Well, hello, everybody. Um, are we going to beat Penn State today? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I, I wanted to start my talk, actually, with something that I'd like to think that I've been involved with for a number of years, which is a little mini film. It's only two minutes, and it illustrates the highlights of last year's festival and a brief overview of the 25 years or 24 prior years of the Virginia Film Festival. Here we go. I just wanted to make movies that I was attracted to the script. It really was a film came from a place of passion. This is going to be one of the top regional destination film festivals in the United States. Certainly with what we can do with the University of Virginia behind us, with this incredible community surrounded by the Blue Ridge Mountains. Thank you for making this a great festival. We'll see what the 
movies, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. So as you saw, uh, the Virginia Film Festival, it's, it's actually a remarkable event. Over a hundred films in just really three and a half days. A lot of people say all the time that they run from theater to theater because the decision-making process is so difficult. Uh, do I go see this particular film uh, with Neil Wasikowska in it, or am I going to be on the other side of the grounds of the university watching Oliver Stone in a moderated conversation with Professor Larry Sabato of the Center for Politics in a discussion about JFK? Uh, I love those hard choices. It's great to see the incredible energy here in Charlottesville and across the grounds of the university. Uh, I cannot tell you what an incredible privilege it has been for me to be brought in by the University of Virginia. First of all, to be a faculty member and teach arts administration here at the university and the college, but also to run this festival. It is such a remarkably fun opportunity for me. Um, all the things that I've trained for in my life have culminated in this particular role because I get to, I, I actually received a degree, degree in history and have a tremendous interest in history and in politics. Um, and a, as a faculty member, I'm able to reach across the grounds to other faculty members and involve them in the festival. Of the 100 plus films, in fact, two years ago, it was 132 films that we screened uh, over the course of, of the four days of the festival. Uh, over 75% of those films had a faculty member either from the University of Virginia discussing those films, an expert from the community, or a academic from another institution here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, or it had the guest filmmakers in to talk about those films, or in many cases, uh, stars, people like Peter Bogdanovich, Norman Jewison, Oliver Stone, um, uh, Cherry Jones, uh, incredible Matthew Broderick a few years ago was in um, my very, very first year. And it was great fun. We worked Matthew pretty hard on the final day of the festival. We screened Election. Um, followed that up with our closing night film that Matthew was currently starring in, A Wonderful World, and then ran him over for a surprise in the amphitheater where we were screening Ferris Bueller's Day Off in front of 500 students. And he came out on the stage and spoke for about 30 minutes, signed autographs, took pictures with everybody. The energy when those students literally rushed the, the amphitheater stage to come up. I was concerned for him for a second. They all whipped out their cell phones and they're taking photos and he loved it and he ate it up. And it's just a remarkable, again, privilege to be able to present this festival. The festival was founded um, 25 years ago by Governor Gerald Bliles uh, with tremendous help from Patricia Kluge and started out uh, the first year with just a remarkable lineup and instantly by the second year was bringing in Jimmy Stewart and Gregory Peck which is remarkable. I mean, festivals just don't start out that way. And over the years, as you saw with the lineup with Sidney Poitier and, and Robert Altman and Roger Ebert and, and some of the people that have come in in recent years, I've mentioned um, Oliver Stone, but there's been Sandra Bullock and Nick Cage and Jason Robards. Uh, it's a remarkable lineup of, of classic Hollywood stars, current stars that come in. And then more than anything, the real, real fun of the festival is when we're able to tie in to the mission of the college and the university by integrating the students in discussions, their film work, and the college 
faculty as well. Some of the most engaging discussions happen after these films, and it's a testament to the community of Charlottesville. I, I ran the Sarasota Film Festival for 10 years, and I love Sarasota, don't get me wrong. Beautiful community, uh, great festival that I built there. It was 10, 10 days long, and uh, 17 special events, and 226 films. All that being said, the, it's a testament to the community here and to the university how the folks stay, sometimes for 45 minutes or an hour, to listen to people talk. We had a three-hour and 26-minute screening of JFK last year, and then it was followed by a 45-minute discussion with Oliver Stone and Professor Larry Sabato, and nobody left the theater. Think about that. That's nearly four and a half hours. Now, we don't normally like to keep people for four and a half hours. We'd like to turn them in and out in two and a half or three and make it a little bit more of a pleasant experience. But people were fascinated with this discussion. Professor Sabato was finishing up a book on JFK. The discussion was incredible. It was engaging. It was remarkable. Uh, another thing that the festival does, and I, and I think a lot of you might ask, gosh, why, why is the University of Virginia presenting a film festival? For what purpose? Well, we're, first of all, an arts organization. Um, I think we were one of the largest cultural events, certainly here in Charlottesville. And I also think we've become an institution here in the Commonwealth as well. We are the largest film festival in the Mid-Atlantic, if you don't count New York City, and I don't really count New York City as being part of the Mid-Atlantic. <laughs> so um, that's something for us to hang our hat on. And one of the ways that this festival distinguishes itself beyond other film festivals around the country. And believe me, there are over 1,500 film festivals across the United States. We're able to distinguish ourselves because we can rely upon the creative and intellectual firepower of the University of Virginia. And that is an extraordinary benefit to be able to present. I am particularly proud of three programs that we have been able to pull together in the, in the last four years since I've been here that I believe are one-of-a-kind programs in the United States or, or in the entire country. Um, and first of all, we started this with the Center for Politics. Um, four years ago when I first got here, um, partnered with the Center for Politics and, and uh, Larry Sabato to create an ongoing series as the Center for Politics marks important historical and political events of the 1960s that are celebrating their 50th anniversary. We started out my first year here in 2009 by screening out a documentary that the Center for Politics produced called Locked Out the Fall of Massive Resistance. Uh, marking the anniversary of uh, Virginia locking out uh, students 50 years ago. We had a number of those original students on hand in a remarkable discussion on the stage that was led by former Governor Doug Wilder. And I, I got to tell you what a cathartic experience it was to watch 600 people see this incredible film marking the 50th anniversary and then convene a number of the people that were a part of that historical experience 50 years ago. We follow that up in the same program the next year with a screening of the Freedom Riders, a documentary that chronicles the Freedom Rides, marking the 50th anniversary of the Freedom Rides. And we had the director, Stanley Nelson, a renowned documentarian, along with three of the original Freedom Riders. We presented that film for free in front of a thousand Albemarle County high school students, many of them who had no idea of the history of the Civil Rights Movement. And the three Freedom Riders um, that were there 50 years ago and experienced what it was like to be on those buses as they came down into the South were there to talk about that experience. And that is, to me, one of the most remarkable gifts 
that the festival and the university can bring to the community and to the Commonwealth is when we bring in people that actually were part of that history and document that and present that to an entirely new generation. So we introduced that to over a thousand high school students, screened it again later that evening and had a sold out um, house in Culberth uh, Theater with nearly 600 people in attendance for a moderated discussion with uh, Sabato. We create study guides for the students. Last year the film was The Loving Story. Uh, chronicling um, uh, the, the interracial marriage that was a landmark Supreme Court case in 1968. Uh, and of course, we also screened JFK, marking the 20th anniversary of JFK, and Professor Sabato moderated that conversation with Oliver Stone. Last year, we were particularly proud to launch a new series uh, in partnership with the Library of Congress. We were the only academic institution to have this. And moving forward, we will screen a series of films each year that have been added to the National Film Registry, an act actually designated by Congress whereby films are selected each year and put into the National Film Registry and honored essentially for their cultural or historical significance. Uh, one of the highlights of last year was a screening of Terrence Malick's Badlands and Sissy Spacek and Jack Fisk um, were involved in a moderated conversation immediately afterwards at the historic Paramount Theater. Uh, that conversation was moderated by Turner Classic Movies host Ben Menkowitz. Uh, sold out audience again. Uh, this is a new series. We're particularly proud of this. It highlights preservation. It, it highlights these films that have been deemed culturally and historically significant and again one of a kind. And finally this year I was very proud to bring back Governor Gerald Belisles into the festival, the original founder of the festival who runs the Miller Center, to be able to announce a new presidency in film series. Uh, we're launching that this year with a screening of all the President's Men marking the 40th anniversary of Watergate, and we're bringing in Bob Woodward for a moderated discussion. Um, we're, I'm actually hoping we're going to get Carl Bernstein too, but that hasn't been decided yet. We haven't been able to confirm that. But it's that type of program that truly excites me that we're able to present. But there's a lot more to the festival as well. We have a nationally recognized outreach and education program. Um, that serves over 3,500 children each year in the Albemarle County area. We have a young filmmakers program. Last year we had over 300 elementary school students creating 90-second films that were screened during the festival, and over 500 kids and their parents were in to watch those films. Uh, this year we launched a high school filmmaking competition, and we're actually giving out $2,000 in prizes awarded to the top filmmakers, and their films will be screened. And, of course, we have a family day presentation of free screenings all day, Two years ago, we screened um, the Academy Award-winning film, Beauty and the Beast. We brought in the original voice of Belle, Paige O'Hare, who sang for the kids and signed autographs. And uh, that's a lot of fun for the community to be able to involve them in that manner. Of course, there's the movie stars we bring in. And more than anything, I am blessed by having a very strong advisory boards of UVA uh, advisory board of UVA alums, many of whom live in Los Angeles and New York and have remarkably accomplished careers. The chair of that board is the Academy Award-winning producer of Rain Man, Mark Johnson, who has produced most of Barry Levinson's films, including Diner and Avalon, Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam. Um, recently produced the Chronicle of Narnia series. We have Julie Lin, who brought us Albert Knobs last year with Glenn Close. 
Um, we have Ron Yerksa, who's produced Little Miss Sunshine and Cold Mountain. Glenn Williamson, Happy Thank You More, Please, which won the Audience Favorite Award last year. Mark Abraham, who's a remarkable producer. Uh, Rita McClenney, um, who is the best film commissioner I've ever known and ever seen, and has done a remarkable job here for the Commonwealth as well, and the Virginia Film Office, it's true, is, is, a, uh, is one of our strongest partners. And, and you know, I do want to say that the, the Virginia Film Festival was originally created with the idea that it would call attention to filmmaking in the Commonwealth and drive top talent here to recognize Virginia as a destination for filmmakers and, and ultimately to help the economy. Um, a lot of people, I hear this all the time, oh, well, you know, we, we can't fund the arts because they don't really drive the economy. Oh, contraire, actually. Um, there's a recent study that was just done here in Charlottesville that has determined that the arts um, uh, create I think are fifth in terms of being an economic driver here in the community. The festival alone brings in over two and a half million dollars each year to the local economy and that has been rising dramatically each year as we continue to top attendance records. Uh, this year alone we have a 25th anniversary television special that will, will premiere in uh, the second week of October and be broadcast throughout the Commonwealth on network television, including the DC market, to once again try and strengthen the Virginia Film Festival as a destination film festival. Finally, I'd like to leave with you that I think one of the most important aspects of the Virginia Film Festival is it's a convener. We are able to bring all the disciplines across the grounds of the university together. Um, I'm fortunate that I have a blank canvas each year, and I get to put on that canvas over 100 films. So you can imagine the topics that we're able to address. We're able to, to offer a very strong slate of foreign films, and important because it opens windows on other cultures. Strong documentaries that explore topical issues that we can bring in guest speakers. We're also, as a result of that, able to serve as a bridge to the community of Charlottesville and to the Commonwealth beyond. Um, we had 24,000 plus people attend last year, 5,000 plus were students, a little over 19,000 were from the community and people that travel in from the mid-Atlantic. So just think of those ideas that are exchanged uh, during the discussions afterwards, the people that are mingling, the students that get off the grounds of the university to go downtown, and the community that comes onto the grounds to watch films as well. It's a remarkable convener for our community and for the university itself. And I think that that's one of its most important missions. Finally, I want to share with you that the festival runs November 1st through 4th. Um, I hope you will consider joining us this year. There's information on the festival on the table outside. Um, it's not all hard work. It's not all going back to school and listening, listening to uh, lectures as well. It's a lot of fun. The movies are exceptional. There's great events, great parties, great discussions. So I encourage you to come. And I want to thank all of you for this wonderful opportunity to speak to you today. And uh, I, I want to turn over the program now to Rita, who, as I mentioned before, has been just a joy to work with for me these past four years. Well, thank you all for coming here this morning because we're competing with the band outside, and that's a rocking band out there. <laughs> so I'm impressed that you're here. Thank you. <laughs> it's like throwing a party. You're like, will anyone come? Mm -hmm. It's a great competition. And Jody, I'd like to say thank you back for your partnership because it has been 
very fruitful, very meaningful, and good for the state of Virginia, which is what we are all about. You know, in thinking about talking about Virginia grads, filmmaking in Virginia, I think about, in addition to like Mark Johnson, um, Tom Shadiak, who's a Virginia grad, decided that he wanted to make his film Evan Almighty here in Virginia, and he wanted to be close to Charlottesville. And I know he's done a lot for the community in terms of um, helping those who are underserved. So it's really fulfilling not only to have films come and hire people and the economic part of it, the storytelling, seeing Virginia locations come alive on the screen, seeing people that you know as extras or those persons who've been uh, trained as actors who live here who get an opportunity to work at home. So that's all very fulfilling. Well, the Virginia Film Office was created in 1980 by a very busy man, then Delegate Gerald Belisle. How many times have we heard Governor Belisle's name? But he was such an inspiration and the man behind the vision to say that arts, entertainment, is also economic development. And the thing that really moved the needle and was the change agent for film production in Virginia is technology, camera, equipment, editing, everything was more mobile because it was lighter, because of the digital format, because of analog, because of all the things as you travel through the technology timeline that made it possible for projects to come east. Of course, the business started in New York, moved to Los Angeles, and then the world opened up after what they call runaway production. So Virginia was ready. We wanted a part of this business. And because we have so many fine institutions, like the University of Virginia, Virginia Commonwealth University, Hampton University, James Madison University, George Mason, that's doing an awesome job, not only in traditional writing, teaching, production, but also in the digital format. If we talk about gaming, that's like the new edge where products are being created by students who are sitting at their computers and generating these games. It's a, one of the top growth businesses in globally. It's uh, projected to grow by 8% going forward because digital technology, filmmaking, is something that everyone is consuming. We're now not necessarily going to the movie theaters, but we're picking up our phones and we're watching a film right there on our device. So it really is a good business to be in. It's great for the state of Virginia. You saw in 2009 the impact was 346 million. Well now we're up to 384 million for 2010 and we're working on the 2011 numbers now. It takes a little bit of time to get all the calculations in because we work with the uh, Virginia Employment Commission to compile our numbers. We have to go each year. The governor has been great to us another wonderful Virginia grad, and the governor has really been good to not only tourism, but to the Virginia Film Office and ensuring that we have the right resources to be able to recruit production to the state of Virginia. The business has changed not only from the technology standpoint, but also from the how do you close business. Because now incentives, financial inducement incentives are so critical and a, you know, a mainstay, and I don't think they're really going to go away because as long as someone offers a deal where they're saying, okay, we're going to provide you a carrot to get you to come to our location to film, then 
the game changed. And the game really changed when Canada decided they were going to take on California and that they wanted to have a piece of the action. Not only did they want to have Canadian content created, they wanted to, again, bring a part of the domestic U.S. film and television business to Canada, and boy, did they do it. They set up a federal program. They provided provincial tax credits and other incentives. So we had to do something. So a group was created around the U.S. A lot of states got together. Some of the guilds got together, the DGA, SAG, all wanted to say, we have to maintain our business. We don't want this erosion of our entertainment base going out of the country. And then other countries got into it, New Zealand, the U.K., Australia. I mean, it really became... Uh, a really critical situation. So states got together, and in Virginia what we did, we created a program that really works to, again, incentivize a company to film in Virginia, but also we have to get something back. Because in exchange for providing incentive, we asked that they hire Virginians, they purchase Virginia goods and services, and then we are accountable for making sure that we're making a good deal. I'll give it an example when uh, the Garth Brooks film, Unanswered Prayers, it's a Sony television uh, TV movie made for Lifetime. So they said, we want to come to Virginia. We're looking at Michigan. Michigan was offering a 30% tax credit. We're like, well, there's no way we're going to offer you 30%. It's probably worth about 15%. We ended up at 12, but what we told them, because they did want to be in Virginia, they really didn't want to go to Michigan that time of the year, but they were shopping for money. And we said, okay, but in exchange for that, we asked you to do something for us. We want Garth to uh, produce a PSA for Virginia. We thought, clean-cut guy, you know, top-selling country music talent. And they were like, okay, we can make that deal. So at the very end... Um, the day before Garth was coming, they were like, well, Garth's busy. He can't make it. Something came up in his schedule. So basically, we have a contract. So we were like, no Garth, no money. So Garth showed up. <laughs> it's nothing like a little leverage in a contract. <laughs> it really does work. The other thing for filmmaking, you know, we think about the creative side. We think about going to the movie theater or, you know, watching a film at home or a TV show. But you don't think about necessarily the investment of it. So it's like, how do you make it a good deal? Because people sometimes ring the office and they'll say, we're thinking about investing in this movie. Do you think it's a good idea? I say, no, it's a really bad idea. Don't do it. No, I don't say that. But, <laughs> but the thing that people have to consider is that it really is one of the most risky propositions from a business standpoint that you can make if it's sort of the untrained eye, I call it. Like a script will sound like a great idea. You go, oh, it's a thriller. It's a love story. It's a comedy. Uh, they have some pretty good actors that they're looking at. Then you go, well, who's really signed? You know, so it's this, the egg and the chicken. Which one comes first? And when we go out to recruit work from the West Coast, it's a matter of a project that has a great fit for Virginia. So let's use Lincoln as an example. Steven Spielberg. We worked on the project for nine years before it actually came to fruition last year to be produced in Richmond and Petersburg. And it was a matter of Liam Neeson was the first actor that he had his eye on to play Abraham Lincoln. 
And as time went on, he wasn't quite the right actor anymore. So then Daniel Day-Lewis emerges. So that's how really at the end of the day the film came together. But even DreamWorks, with the power of Disney behind them, because that's where Steven's deal is now, he's with Disney, that they have to have other partners. He, Steven Spielberg had to go out and find additional money in order to make this movie based on a very popular piece of literature, Team of Rivals, the brilliance of the Abraham Lincoln presidency. So it just shows that it's a very uh, delicate balance and finding a good piece of work to produce, to turn into a film, finding the right cast, finding the right locations, and the people to put it all together. And you still don't know. A filmmaker, you know, when they talk about opening weekend, I mean, it's so much energy and so much nervousness because it really is. Who will go see this? And that's the beauty and the magic of filmmaking, is that will it resonate? Will people be interested in it? Will they learn something? Will it make a difference in their lives? Will they tell other people to go see it? So all of those are part of the beautiful things that have to come together and line up and be a part of creating uh, what really is art, what really is, in some cases, can be life-changing. And the beauty of film is that it's particular to each individual person. No one can tell you what a film, just like a piece of art, will mean to you. You have to experience it for yourself. And that's, again, really a part of the beauty of it. Um, in our office, we have six people for the film office. And I will say that um, tourism is the third largest industry in Virginia. We just announced this week it's a $20 billion industry and 207,000 jobs. So I'm very fortunate to sort of sit at the epicenter of being a part of helping support because they thought, why is government in this business? It's because without our support and encouragement and putting together the resources, the people, with the locations, with the assets that come together to really have people pay attention to Virginia, because it's very, very competitive, as I mentioned, but it really does have a wonderful payoff, because there's nothing more satisfying than seeing Virginians who want to raise their families and live in Virginia, to be able to stay home and do just that, and to have other people come from around the world. Or Steven Spielberg to say, I chose Virginia because of its rich history and because of the exceptional architecture that has been maintained. And he could think of no better place in the world to make this movie, and the fact that Abraham Lincoln walked in many of the locations that he filmed in. City Point in Hopewell, Petersburg, Richmond, Virginia, the Capitol, the Museum of the Confederacy. All of these locations were used as a part of the film and they were quite authentic. So we're so excited uh, when this film comes out on November the 9th. I hope you'll go see it November the 16th. It goes wide around Virginia. And I want to uh, say hello to two of my dear friends, Denny King and Judy Bushkin, who've been so instrumental in helping the film festival and helping the film office. I'm so glad you guys are here. I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you. I know that uh, our time, because we're going to do Q&A, should I wrap it up? Well, thank you all for your time and attention. And uh, decimate Penn State. Yay. Thank you. Could you explain the difference in audience interest 
um, with documentary films compared to theatrical films at the film festival? Well, you know, um, we have a very strong documentary um, program. It's, it's something that I think is uh, a great thing. I think that over the, the last, uh, oh, probably dozen years or so, there's been increased interest in documentaries. I also think because filmmaking through technology has become a little bit more accessible, there are people that have become documentarians because they've been able to find really fascinating subject matter. Um, our documentaries sell out. Last year we had 27 sellouts across the board at the Virginia Film Festival and an extraordinary number of those were documentary films. Uh, we're able to pull, pull together really great panels and the, the interesting thing I think about documentaries is not only are they just interesting and fascinating and opening, open a window on maybe an area of life you're not aware of, but we're able to partner in the community with other organizations to create awareness for certain topics and issues and subjects uh, that we might not ordinarily be able to draw attention to. So they're very effective in that manner. So, you know, I can't, I can't get into everybody's head and, and wonder why somebody likes a narrative over a docu documentary, but I would say across the board our documentaries do very well and there's tremendous interest in them. Sure. I had a question about the film festival. Um, I'm a graduate from the Savannah College of Art and Design with a degree in film and television. I know it well. Um, I'm wondering um, how can I volunteer to work at the film festival this year? Um, you can go online and, and volunteer, and we will get back to you right away. Um, and we, we have about 150 volunteers that work at the festival. Most of those volunteers work pretty much the week of the festival. Um, but the organization itself, I, I really only have a full-time, one full-time staff member, but this time of year it actually ramps up where we have other people that work with the festival, so I have a, a senior staff of eight. Uh, I have actually 14 students that take independent studies with me that work on the festival, and then we rely on about 150 plus volunteers to help manage the festival. It's a big event. Thank you. No question, just a comment. Uh, Jody made reference to introducing young people to film when we were uh, raising our sons in Lynchburg in the 1980s, the director of the Meyer Museum had a Saturday morning animation festival that she conducted. It was once a month. And it was the, the t very high quality films, that, the kinds of things you hear about at the Academy Awards that were in the 80s otherwise hard to find. And, and they would fill that uh, auditorium uh, once a month with over 100 kids. And uh, it was just a, a great experience. Well. Um Thank you for that comment. And I got to say that you know, film is a remarkable way to reach children and school kids. It really is. They're used to it. They're comfortable with film and video, and it's a remarkable teaching tool. I've got a question for Rita. Uh, in the same way that the music industry has gone from New York to LA, but if I'm a country musician, I go straight to Nashville. Is there any thought of building a permanent infrastructure within Virginia to say that I'm not going to come from New York, I'm not going to come from L.A., I'm going to Virginia because this is where we have colonial history, this is where we have Civil War history, current, we have, as you explained, all the sites are authentic. We don't have to build a set, they're already built. Is there any movement that way? No, but that's a great question. In Virginia, we have a very vibrant indie scene, and it's somewhat invisible to the natural eye because independents do just that. They do it on their own timeline, their own time frame. They're generating their work in their studios, in their homes. So it's not a concerted effort to create or build an industry. 
we certainly do promote, for example, the western part of the state when it comes to the Crooked Road and Bristol, the birthplace of country music. So there are studios there that we're able to help artists, but there isn't a financial program to do that. So I think to really take the next serious step, we'd have to put together an attractive program and have resources for artists to come and to be able to take advantage of. But at this point, Nashville is where it's at for country music. You're right. Just a comment. Um, the economic impact of, of films in Virginia and also the Virginia Film Festival represents a, a, a very, very serious number. I think we all saw the, the economic impact uh, created in, in what year, Rita, 2009. And that continues to grow every year. And uh, in addition to that, I think one of the things that we oftentimes forget is the subliminal effect of a motion picture being shot in this great commonwealth. And I think what we're doing, in essence, is creating a commercial for this great place called the Commonwealth of Virginia. Because when people sit in the theater and they look at the credits and they see, oh, that was shot in Virginia, we should go there on our next vacation. And, you know, that's a, that's a really important point. So I think even the hundreds of millions of dollars, the direct economic impact, I think the indirect economic impact is equally as important. Just saying. And you are correct. My question is for Jody. I'm yeah. interested in how do you see the nature of the film festival changing as technology changes and as social interactions and how we define them change? I mean, film festivals are obviously not a dying out or anything like that, but do you think they're going to change in the next few decades? Uh, you know, there's no question they're going to change. I'm nervous right now because the technology continues to change so quickly. Um, by the end of this year, there will be almost no 35-millimeter projectors in any commercial theater in the United States. We've actually retained um, uh, two in the Regal uh, on the downtown mall here that are being left here exclusively for the Virginia Film Festival. They're not going to use them ever. They're just for us because we continue to screen them. Uh, we have our own that we actually have to move in and out of the Paramount Theater and the Colbert Theater at great expense every year. Um, part of our agreement with the Library of Congress is to screen in that format as well because that is the traditional format. But everything is changing. It's all um, uh, digital now and they, they're all being streamed in and all of the theaters have been outfitted. Uh, at some point, and it will be quite expensive, I'm going to have to try and find funding so that we can, we can stream in the Paramount and in Culbreth because I'm not going to be able to get films. They're not going to make them on 35mm anymore. Uh, I'll be able to screen classic and archival films, but not the, the most current that's out there. And part of the, the way my vision for this film festival is, is to be able to screen the very best films that are out there currently. And yes, we do screen classic and archival films, but, but the thrust of it is to screen what's contemporary out there. So that's going to be a real problem down, down the road. Um, how it changes our movie viewing, 
I, I don't think that will change. I think that there is something communal about people getting together in a dark theater and watching on the big screen that is unique and special and sharing that energy and that feeling that is entirely different than watching it in your basement on a flat screen or in, in your living room. And I don't think that will ever change. That's why people still go to the movies. And, and they're surviving and, and thriving. And you know, every, every year I, I see a, um, the, you know, the rundown from Hollywood. And they're going, oh, we're having a bad year. And then all of a sudden, they have five blockbusters. And it's the best year they've ever had, you know, <laughs> just right when it's a death knell for Hollywood. And I, I have seen this for the last 15 years that I've run film festivals. So I'm not really worried about that aspect of it, um, uh, how we view the movies. Even even with all the technology and smartphones, it's no fun to watch, you know, <laughs> Batman or, or Superman or, or anything. Or, my God, a foreign film on, on your iPhone? That's not cool. So um, I, I don't think that's going to change, you know. I mean, I guess if you're waiting in line, it's better than, than nothing. But that's not how I want to watch my films. Rita, are you courting any big producers or, um, yeah. <laughs> Any big producers or um, movies for this area? You just shot a Tom Hanks so. film, didn't you? Yeah, Tom Hanks just wrapped his second film in Virginia, Captain Phillips, based on the book about Richard Phillips and the Maersk, Alabama pirate situation. And we have a film that's going to begin shooting in October in Giles County called Wish You Well. It's based on a novel by David Baldacci. And we have, uh, we're working with a group, a producer that's behind Captain America. So Marvel and the comic books are all coming alive on screen. It's big business. Hmm. So we do have a couple of big fish out there. Jody, any um, big stars we can expect this year at the film festival? Well, you know, we make our announcement on October 2nd. And since you're going um, on YouTube with this, I can't. I can't. I cannot share that. Um, um, you know, I, I can tell you something that's actually, I think, really meaningful that I'll share with you. And I've not really announced this, but we are screening a new documentary called Ethel, which has played the festival circuit about Ethel Kennedy by Rory Kennedy, um, her daughter. And uh, what's really fascinating about this film is that 52 years ago, Bobby and Ethel lived in Charlottesville uh, as he went to uh, UVA's law school. And uh, apparently he was uh, just an OK student, but I believe he was the president of the Law Review. And um, he wanted to bring in uh, Ralph Bunch, Dr. Ralph Bunch, who was the head of the UN and uh, African-American and won the Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, Dr. Bunch said, I would love to come in and speak, but it needs to be in front of an integrated audience, which apparently had never happened here on the grounds or in Charlottesville. And uh, Bobby Kennedy went to Colgate Darden and lobbied for that, citing a, a legal case at another university. And uh, uh, President Darden went for it. Um, it was, it was uh, the discussion happened in Cabell Hall, old Cabell Hall now. And we were going to screen that film in old Cabell Hall. Uh, and I believe one of the Kennedys will come in along with that film to, to talk about it. Uh, there's a beautiful segment for about, oh, four or five minutes in the film that deals with this, with this particular uh, circumstance and uh, uh, interesting shots of the university as it was back then in 1950. So it's that thing I can announce, and it's that kind of thing that we do. Uh, it's our 25th anniversary game. We're going to have a big year. There's going to be a lot of stars, and there's going to be a great program. And I encourage you on October 2nd to go online at virginiafilmfestival.org and check that program out and come in for this year's 25th anniversary. And if uh, a Kennedy's here, Taylor Swift may show up too. 
<laughs> oh, my daughter would love that. Okay. We'll take two more questions. I wish you'd talk for a minute about the Adrenaline Film Project, which is always my all-time favorite every year. Happily. Um, uh, Adrenaline Film Project was uh, started by my predecessor, along with uh, Charlotte Civilian, who is actually uh, shooting a film right now with Jim Carrey, Jeff Wadlow. Um, so he's not going to be able to in, be in to run it this year, but it's a 72-hour film project competition in which teams, uh, you know, conceive, uh, edit, write, create, produce, direct, uh, and film a short film that um, is then screened at the festival on Saturday evening. They have these teams that go out. Um, uh, they're given a theme and a prop, and they have 72 hours to create the film. We, we, each year we have several uh, student teams from the University of Virginia. Uh, Lighthouse uh, fields some high school teams, and then it's open uh, to the general public. Uh, so we have people that come from all over the Commonwealth that create teams. And uh, they're running like crazy all over Charlottesville during the festival to create these films. It's very fun. It's very engaging. It's a great opportunity to learn filmmaking. And we bring in top mentors to work with them in the filmmaking process. A couple years back, Peter Bogdanovich came in and spent about two and a half hours with these students as they're creating the films, uh, giving them some advice. Um, uh, the mentors that we bring in to oversee the project all have great experience as well. Any final words? No, readers. I hope everyone goes to see Lincoln on November the 16th, if not earlier. Yay. You know, I, I would just like to thank Althea and the Office of Engagement and uh, all of you alumni, and thank you very much. On behalf of the Office of Engagement and the Alumni Association, we have uh, Small gifts for our speakers today. So, again, give them a warm welcome. And we'll thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.